Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. But you got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dust till the dawn. Here is where I'll stay. It is a friendly day here inside the radio station and hopefully it is where you are as well welcome to your friends bob slider garen is here i'm howard monroe and we would hope that you uh, feel friendly towards us but if not you want to send some nasty notes you can always do that the frio stack auction service text line is open as always 304-214-1600 304-214-1600 give us a Text if you'd like to. Phone lines open for a few minutes here at 304-232-8255. Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline available at 304-232-8255. It's 809, 64 degrees right across the board, 64 at the airport, 64 at the Highlands, 64 in Elm Grove, and 64 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Adam calls it gloomy and wet today with maybe pockets of sunshine, temps in the low 70s. I say rather than gloomy, I like to call it for stunt. Now, Garen did sports, so I asked Bob to become the Skywatch weather warner. <laughs> oh, jeez, uh, I've been demoted. <laughs> did you, uh, you, you were outside. Oh, I sure was, Howard. Is it still for stunt? It's a mess. It's for, yes. For, you don't even want to try the word, do you? <laughs> Adam says now he's not going to do it. It's for stunt. For stunked outside today. And tomorrow for stunked in the morning, but should turn out into a sunny day by midday or late afternoon. And then Thursday is going to be a very good day. So all of that's uh, coming up here uh, weather-wise for us on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, it is uh, it is 810 in the morning here on the big gig. A quick check here off the text line. Um, uh, okay, I can't can't read it. It's one of those things where I can see there's a text, but where's it at? Howard? It's not coming up on my screen, so I will uh, I'll find it later and I will share it with you. Coming up later on, uh, Garen, is that is that Thomas or someone else? Oh, that's Tom. Okay, we'll get to him in a second then. I don't know if young ladies of your generation, girls, when you were a girl, did you play Barbie? Well, you know, I had to be different, so I didn't, okay. but all my friends did. Barbie was still yeah, a Barbie thing. Yeah, Barbie was very relevant still. Axios, uh, the news website, last night had a big report on this is going to be the summer of Barbie. Oh, for sure. And uh, because there's a, there's a live-action Barbie movie coming out, and I guess like in the big cities, the sophisticated women are all dressing up like Barbie, and everybody's in pink, and... They're going to Barbie luncheons. See, and all this that is kind of where stuff. I'm ahead of I'm ahead of the curve yeah. because I've been doing this. <laughs> I've I've been on this since I went to college. Pink and black, you can't go wrong. Those are the two best colors. But nobody wants. mentions Ken anymore. That he's just kind of like out of the picture. Ken's just in and out. Ken's like one of her accessories. Oh, jeez, Howard. She's got a handbag and a uh, poodle and Ken. Yeah, all right. Uh, what Axios was talking about, and what we'll talk about a bit next hour is the age-old debate is being resurrected again because of this Barbie movie. Is Barbie a good role model or bad for young girls? Does it give an unrealistic expectation of body types and body images? Does, do all young girls say, oh, I wish I'd be like Barbie, when in well, point of fact, nobody can be? Well, everyone wants to look like Barbie. It's Barbie. But now there's like, they have so many different Barbies. Fat like, Barbie? Yeah. At literally any type of Barbie that you could possibly imagine is out there. I think it's a good role model. It's a girl that can do any job. Yeah. Like. Yep. I, I think that's something. Well, we'll I, I got a segment set up for us next hour. But I, I did not know when when I was a kid. I did play with Barbies. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the girls of my age played with Barbies. And when my kids were kids, the girls of their age played with Barbies. And I just didn't know if, you know, kids of your age when you were a girl. A oh, yeah. Girl, so Barbie was still well, around. We were all like crazy, so we were like cutting their hair and like they had on like half of one shirt and a left shoe. <laughs> like if nothing about it was organized. Well, okay then. <laughs> nothing about it was organized, but there were dolls. Oh, okay. That was in Martin's Ferry? Yeah. 
Makes sense, right? People in Martin's Ferry, very strange, <laughs> very, very strange. All right, uh, what happened in Russia this weekend? I really want to get a better perspective on that. Tom Skateri is our Pentagon correspondent, and uh, he's going to hopefully give us some insight and some info about, you know, was it a revolution? Uh, the uh, leader of the uprising over the weekend said yesterday that it wasn't intended to overthrow the Russian government. Uh, but what was it? Is Putin weakened because of that, or was that because Putin is weak? Tom Skateri is coming up next. I want to run all through this whole Russian story. That's next on the Watchdog Morning Show. On the last talk line on Metro News, U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia, getting $1.2 billion to expand broadband service in West Virginia. If this doesn't get every single person connected adequately, shame on everybody, but this will do it. We are totally poised for this. This is one of the largest uh, grants out of this program for our state. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. Stock up for 4th of July cookouts with hot deals at Menards. Get 11% off plus great sale prices on food, snacks, and beverages. Four packs of Sprecher Craft sodas are just $3.49 after rebate. Save big on paper plates, napkins, and plastic cups, too. Plus, grills and outdoor furniture on sale. A three-burner gas grill is just $159.99 after rebate. Good through July 4th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Eight sixteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So coming up later on, we're going to talk about food. I got a whole bunch of food stuff I want to get to because, well, you know, I, I like food. Uh, and then uh, we're going to do a little segment on Barbie. You want to talk about that? And if we have a chance, I want to talk about what's happening in New York City as far as their. Uh, they're now going to charge you to drive in New York City. To drive, not to park, to drive in the New York City. So I've got that story coming up. If we have time, we'll see how things go over the course of the morning this morning. But right now, as we do every Tuesday, we talk to our national and Pentagon correspondent, Tom Skateri, who is with us. Tom, good morning, sir. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, before I forget, I assume you would guess, but we will not be here next Tuesday, so you and I will not get together because it's, okay. it's the 4th of July. And yeah, it's on the Tuesday. It's really interesting how this happens. Uh, I know this is not what you want to talk about. No, it's okay. It, because it's on a, it's because it's on a Tuesday. Monday technically is not a federal holiday. You know, sometimes the holidays they get bumped to Friday or Monday. So it's going to be a very interesting work week. Uh, obviously, they're not going to be in Congress, won't be in session. But people are supposed to have a work day on Monday. We'll see how. Not yeah, I think that key phrase there is supposed. Tom, supposed to have a work yeah, day yeah. on Monday. We, we and I certainly thank our management here. Uh, we have the whole weekend off, so we'll be off on Monday and Tuesday of next week. So, uh, oh, how nice! Uh, that's that's nice, and it's just as well because probably if not, I think, <coughs> oh, I might have come down with a cold or a cough on Monday. You understand what I'm saying, Tom? I I, I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, help me understand um, what happened in Russia this weekend. Okay, let's start. I think one way to approach it, how how I have, is what what did not happen. 
let's start with that, eliminate some of the things. One is I believe that Fergozzi, that's the leader of the Wagner Group, was not trying to overthrow the government. What started this, as you may recall, in the back moot, the big fighting that took place in Ukraine for months to take that city, it was the Wagner Group who went in and basically won that victory for the Russians. And as they were winning it, and as Fergozzi's fame and the Wagner Group's fame was rising in Moscow and Russia among Russians, uh, Putin and the others got a little antsy. They didn't like this kind of rival for attention. They were doing things right. The Wagner Group, while the Russian military was not. So they started allegedly denying them ammunition and other things, and Fergozzi was complaining. So we're seeing now how the propaganda machine against Fergozzi went into effect to minimize his stature. So he wanted to sort of restore that and get rid of the people in the Defense Department. If you know, if you followed it closely over the weekend, he never said anything bad about Putin the whole time, never about Putin. Uh, it was always the defense minister has to go, the generals have to go. And then this march that he deemed, they took Rostov, which is a big city where it's the command post for the war in Ukraine for the Russians. They took it without a shot. They're moving toward Moscow unimpeded. They did have some interaction with the Russian military. They shot down a few of their planes. There was, there was a little bit of a skirmish, and lives were lost. And they stopped by not going into Moscow because Fergozzi knew that if you go to Red Square with an army, then you're to revolution. Yes. You know, then you're going to have a bloody, a bloody fight, and that's not what he wanted. So now where are we? Well, he was banished to Belarus, which is a, a lapdog of, of Russia. What happens to him in the future? You know, stay away from open windows, as they like to say in Russia. <laughs> Uh, you know, they have, they call it window cancer. Not very nice, but all these people tend to fall out of windows. Who gotcha. are, you know. And so uh, the other thing that's interesting, Howard, is that the Wagner Group mercenaries, a lot of them are convicts. You know, when Russia needed soldiers, they went to the prisons and said, if you fight, you get pardoned. So these guys are now pardoned, and they're going back to their hometowns in Russia where they committed these crimes. That doesn't make the people in those towns very happy either. So... A lot of um, uncertainty as to why this really took place, what the fallout is. Putin was very angry yesterday in the televised. Even in the translation, you can feel it. You know, he, he looked very, You, you very could angry. see it. Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. You could see it, yeah. And does this mean – here's what I can ask. Here's, here's the other thing I thought was really cool, Howard. You know, everyone talks about leaks and this and that. The U.S. intelligence was on to this, that Fergozzi was thinking of doing something like this about 10 days ago. They briefed the so-called Gang of Eight on the Hill, you know, the Intelligence Committee members and the defense. No one breathed a word of it. You know, nothing. There was no indication that this was going to happen in Washington. No, no reporters were tipped or loose talk. So the intelligence picked up that Fergozzi was going to do something dramatic. Not sure exactly what, but you get the idea. I think that's very interesting. Biden said yesterday that the United States did not have any involvement in this. We didn't encourage it, or I guess I would assume yeah. by inference discourage it either, but... Uh, we were aware it might happen, but did not have any kind of involvement in it, yeah. which I, I would probably assume to be true. Um, so what— I, I agree with you on that, Howard. I, I think that's accurate. And to my last point, the U.S. did not share this intelligence with many allies. I think they shared it with the U.K. and and maybe one or two other, but they didn't widespread it. They didn't want it out because they didn't want to do this very thing that they were encouraging. Yeah. So— um, the 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 revolution, the uprising, the insurrection, whatever, was short-lived, uh, supposedly was not really intended to overthrow Putin's government. But it does say something. It does reflect in one way or another upon Putin, right, and his ability to keep things under control? Absolutely. I, I mean, to have, first of all, the, the sight of, of these troops uh, marching, moving, however you want to characterize it, essentially unimpeded toward Moscow, was seen by Russians, okay, so, you know, you have a very tight control over information in Russia, and this broke that tight control. So all of a sudden, you know, you have Russian military forces in Rostov not doing anything, and some of them cheering on the Wagner group. Now, the group did not get the widespread support, I think, that Fergozzi was hoping to get. A lot of people just sort of sat on the sidelines to see what was going to happen. But, uh, you know, Putin, this is not what he wants. That essentially shows he was not able to control this. Uh, if you believe what happened, as what was said, in other words, Fergozzi decided to turn around on his own, which I think is probably the case, uh, that means that he made the decision to stop it, not Putin. And that is not lost on the Russians. But he made the decision to stop it because? 
Well, you know, I don't know why. I mean, as I said earlier, if he, he if he got all the way to Moscow and is in Red Square, he would have faced some harsh fighting probably with the the Kremlin guard and, and you know the, the capital and the Moscow the Moscow contingent of police. Putin doesn't have many troops in Mo- in Russia anymore, Howard, because they're all in Ukraine. That's the other thing that sort of opened up to the world. You see, and we could talk in a moment if you want about China's reaction to all this. But but so but there are troops in Moscow. There are good troops in Moscow. They're sort of the home guard, if you want to call them that. And Fergozi probably knew that he'd have a fight then, and then it takes it to a different level. When you really do start spilling blood in Red Square, then then it's a different story. And I don't think he really wanted to go there. His goal was to get uh, attention to himself, rally people to his cause, point out that the defense ministry and the generals are inept and against the Wagner Group. That didn't really happen all the way. Uh, maybe he sensed it wasn't going to happen, and that's why he stopped. But does it pave the way for another attempt like this? Or I don't know, if maybe it's not an attempt isn't the right word, but for another incident like this, another action like this? Yeah. Does this, this embolden others to step forward and say, yeah. we're going to do something? Well, I think you're right. I, I think it does turn the light bulb on in people's heads who maybe said, ah, we can't, there's nothing we can really do. We just have to sit and take it. And they said, whoa, wait a minute. Look at this. Look at the vulnerabilities out there. Um, you know, well, he's talking about the Russian elites who support Putin and really who, who have a lot, maybe the only ones that have any sway over him. Um, it's been kind of mum from them on their reaction to all this. But it has to give a little warning to them that Putin is not as in control. Here's the other thing that's happening, Howard. There's this company's over there like called Gas Ponds, which is a big energy company. They have their own private militia. They've had it for a while because of uncertainty of protecting their properties and all that stuff. I think what's going to happen now, you're going to see an increase in these private armies uh, just for self-protection. Uh, people are concerned if, if uh, the Wagner Group can do this. What about some other private army? What if right. it comes under our turf, et cetera? So you might see this sort of balkanization of, our, of private militias within Russia. I'm reading a it's a satirical article here, but the uh, the first paragraph is the Russian invasion of Russia turned out to be more successful than the Russian invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty that, that's pretty good. You know, I, I saw something like that, too, about how the Russians lost in Ukraine. They lost now they lost in Russia. too. <laughs> the other one I saw satirical was that Kerry Lake's now moving to take over the Wagner group. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that, too. Yeah. So what what this does, if nothing else, though, is spotlight that all is not well in Russia. Oh, absolutely. The other unknown too, Howard, which needs this, we'll be watching is how does it play out in the Ukraine war? Uh, what does that do to the Russian troops who are there now without the Wagner Group, which was a strong backbone? The Ukraine counteroffensive is going very slow for a lot of reasons. You can, we can you know debate whether that's good or bad. Does this give Ukraine an opportunity now? maybe make a strike that they weren't planning on because of uncertainty within the Russian ranks. Uh, That's a a separate issue, but it's a critical one uh, right now. Uh, I think it does open up a lot of questions, and it'll be be worth watching what Putin does in the next week or so uh, to strengthen, to re-strengthen his hand as control in Russia and see what the military does as well, not just in Ukraine, but in its own ranks. And you said... um his name just skipped my uh, mind. Uh, Pergozi. Pergozi, thank you. Uh, he's a little concerned for his own health and well-being. He should be, yeah. I mean, he's in Belarus, which is not, you know, it's a very friendly nation to Russia, obviously. You know, Lubashenko, the president of Belarus, is a ally, one of the few allies Putin has. That he just accepted nukes from Putin. Uh, I don't know if that's, it's not like going to Switzerland where you might be a little bit more safe, you know, from the, with the government, more friendly government. Um, so I think that, you know, he needs to watch out. He may turn up someplace else. Here's the other interesting aspect, Howard. Uh, it's some, somewhat in the weeds, but uh, the Wagner Group has made its reputation what it, for what it is in Africa. It's been an arm of the Russians that long denied by the Russian government as part of it. Now they admit it. But in countries like the Central African Republic and Mali, the Wagner Group has sided with uh, uh, the leaders of those countries to, in a sense, drive out the opposition, as well as deal with Islamic terrorists and other terrorists. And those countries were really nervous over the weekend because they don't know what was going to happen with, with the Wagner group in their countries. Would they leave? Uh, the, the quid pro quo is, Howard, Russia gets all these great minerals that, from the mining operations in these countries and other natural resources in exchange for the Wagner group. Uh, uh, Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, said yesterday 
that the Wagner Group will continue to operate in those countries. So Russia is not dismantling the mercenary group. They're just taking care of it, of the Ukraine aspect of it. Each of these groups in each country has their own sub-commander, for lack of a better word, and they're pretty loyal to Moscow. 827 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Tom Scateri with us, a national and Pentagon correspondent. Normally I would shift gears and talk about some of the things happening in D.C. Tom, uh, uh, McCarthy <laughs> is floating impeachment of, of Merrick Garland. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the CNN has the audio now of the tape of, of President Trump, yeah. uh, which I two things I marveled at as I listened to that uh, audio from CNN yesterday. Number one was how clear and crisp it was. You know, usually when we hear tapes that are involved in a court proceeding or something is yeah this was like he was on television and number two how blatant he was about you know just these are classified documents he says it to his you know these are classified i really shouldn't have them they're supposed to be secret i can't classify declassify them but ha 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 look at this but but having said all that I want to go somewhere else instead. Normally, I'd take you to that direction. But you you gave me an interesting story this morning that I had not heard about. And that has to do with something that we have not heard or talked about for a long time. And that is violations of human rights, torture, if you will, at uh, Guantanamo Bay. Right. I sent you an extra commentary as well as facts in a New York Times story. I want to give them full credit, Carol Rosenfeld, and great reporter on this. For the first time, the United Nations was able to send a human rights investigator to the Guantanamo prison. This is where the, the people the United States have placed in custody after 9-11. There's still 30 detainees there, by the way. This is, you know, 2001, more than 20 years. And the she's uh, her term on this special wrap on tour on counterterrorism and human rights ends. Four-day visit to the prison in February. Cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment under international law. It's a devastating report. She was the first U.N. investigator to be granted access to it. There were 34 prisoners there when she was there, including CIA detainees who were facing criminal charges and others approved to transfer. She also, by the way, met with the families of the victims of September 11th, which she called a crime against humanity. She said the United States and its use of torture are the single most significant barrier to fulfilling victims' rights to justice and accountability. Mm. She said the torture by the United States, quote, was a betrayal of the rights of victims of the 9-11 attacks. In other words, she's making this link that those victims, innocent victims on 9-11 and their families, the pursuit of those who were responsible for it that then led to the treatment of these individuals. Many, Howard, who have never been charged with a crime, and then languished in Guantanamo for years, and then finally sent back to some country without any kind of effect. And I want to remind you and listeners about how there was a big debate about keeping these individuals in Guantanamo, because if you, they would say, we can't put them on the mainland of the United right. States. Right. It's too dangerous. But the real reason, one of the real reasons, perhaps, as some have suggested, is that when you put them on the United States soil in a federal prison, then they're then they have rights under the U.S. Constitution like anybody else facing trial. And people will, oh, we, we don't want to do that. The military and the government, government, plural, didn't want to do that. Um, you know, the United States, as I said, always likes to lecture the world on human rights. But this isn't, and this is, just so people are clear, this is a law professor from Minnesota. This is not a quote-unquote foreigner doing this report or anything like that. Yeah. It's interesting. I just it, these are issues and phrases I haven't heard for years. Concerns about well, first place, Guantanamo Bay is something that sort of fades out of our uh, out of our yeah. minds, and uh, and then that we are still seeing human rights violations and torture there, and so on. It's fascinating. Tom, one last issue with you, if you don't mind, here at eight thirty-two in the morning no. on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, last week we focused a huge amount of our attention on the search for what we thought was a search for a missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, submersible, the Titan, going down to look for the Titanic. Turns out the search was not really needed because the whole thing, apparently the submersible was imploded immediately upon losing contact. But there's still an awful lot of questions to be asked, and there's still a lot of investigation going on, and Mm -hmm. they're still looking for uh, remnants of the bodies and so on, too. That's correct. 
Uh, this is a search that's in a really inhospitable part of the ocean, as Coast Guard and the Navy and many others have pointed out. You know, people who, like myself and others, are, are deluded perhaps when they see movies. Submarines can only go so low before the pressure, you know, pushes on their hull. That's why submarines have to be refurbished after so many years because their hulls get weak. And we cannot just go to the bottom of the ocean as easy as people think we may be able to. And so it's been a tough, tough search for, you know, debris and bodies and everything else. Uh, the thing that's coming up now is that uh, this search has cost millions of dollars, okay? You know, deep-sea robots, ships, aircraft, everything, which, is, you know, began that Sunday when it was reported missing for three or four days before the search was reduced. It's still going on, as you pointed out. So, um, and it was, it's a multinational expense because it's right. a multinational effort that was made to try and find the sub. Or, yeah, the that's correct. That's correct. But, like, this, uh, this is an interesting fact, which I found out, that the U.S. Coast Guard, whose bill alone will hit millions of dollars in this, is prohibited by federal law from collecting reimbursement pertaining to any search or rescue operation. That's their sort of mandate, shall we say. So that's a bill that they're going to have to pay themselves. We have to pay as taxpayers. We pay, yeah. And that's going to be replicated, which calls into another very um, interesting question, and I'm not making a comment on it, is who should put the bill for these kind of searches when wealthy people, essentially, can take these trips or climb high mountains and then have to be rescued? We all want to rescue them, but then who pays the bill? Yeah. And the issue is still hanging out there whether the inventor, creator, builder, and captain of the submersible, the Titan, really, there are a lot of questions being raised. They were raised last week. They're being raised more now after the fact that there was an awful lot of warning signs that this ship, I don't know if you call it a ship, this submersible was really not uh, not, yeah. not the best hey. ship, not the best thing, place to be. Hey, yeah, let me. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to tell you. I heard. I, I I forget what radio show I was listening to a couple of days ago, and they had a personal injury lawyer on, not involved in this case at all, and they had obtained uh, the waiver of someone who had gone on the same on the Titan before. You know, obviously he survived, and he provided the waiver he had assigned to take this trip. You know, and all these clauses were not responsible for this and this and this, and they the, the host of the show said, "Well, does this mean?" You know, the, the Titan folks are essentially safe from law and the personal injury lawyer, who, again, had no dog in this fight. So not necessarily. I mean, there's other ways that you look at this. You know, he says personal injury lawyers are always confronted with these waivers. Oh, yeah, right. you know, your client signed a waiver. But often is, well, was it the execution done properly? You know, was the preparation by them before the trip done properly? You know. There's a lot of ways to look at this, and that touches on what you just said. And were were before you signed the document, and we ta- we read some of those documents. Mike Weiss, who was a, a mm-hmm. writer about this last week, wrote several pieces about it. And he says, you know, that the document said, you know, you could die by electrocution, crushing, mm-hmm. drowning, <laughs> starvation, lack of, you know, it was all listed there. But I, I, I am certainly no attorney. And all the attorneys listening are laughing and going, boy, that's true, Monroe. I'm certainly no attorney. But I would think part of the – you have to sign a document that is based on fact. And if yeah. ind- if indeed you were told, oh, no, don't worry, this ship is safe. We've done the proper kind of testing. We've done, you know, whatever. I, but don't – if I am asked to sign that document in the belief that there's no problem or no likely problem, I'm not sure that that, that waiver – holds but again i'm no attorney so i could be wrong yeah i agree all right well it it um this is a story that will linger for quite a good while and um gonna be a lot of investigating i hope uh, there's a lot of talk they may not ever find the bodies i guess um a because i don't know exactly what happened i mean they say an implosion but i don't know you know if they were torn apart rendered asunder i don't know and B, as you said, you know what stunned me last week, Tom, and then we'll go on. I'll let you go. Um, I was watching a report on TV, and the anchor said to the deep-sea expert, well, what is the normal procedure in these kinds of deep-sea ex- uh, rescues? <laughs> and the guy said, look, in the last century, we've only done three of them. <laughs> There is no normal procedure for going 13,000 feet down and trying to find out what's happening there, which, again, I don't think we, the people in general, understand how little we know 
about the depths of the ocean. Yeah. Yep, and that's yeah. what's pointed out. There. We all think we're Captain Nemo here in the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not it's not like that. Tom, listen, have yourself a great week and enjoy your uh, 4th of July holiday, Independence yep. Day. Let off some fireworks safely and have a hot dog or a hamburger or whatever you're going to have, and I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Okay, thanks, Howard. Thanks, Bye. Tom. Tom Scateri, our national and Pentagon correspondent this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I'm still at a loss, Bob, to understand exactly what the point of the Russian insurrection, revolution, uprising was. I just, I still don't, with, including with Tom's explanation there. I don't know what the guy was trying to prove. Maybe they just wanted free breakfast. Well, I guess well, they got that. Uh, yeah, it really is. And, and I just, I would hope the this would help the war in Ukraine end. And I would certainly hope that it would bring uh, the end to uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, uh, reign. Uh, and I think... But then I read somewhere where Donald Trump said, not so fast. You might you might get what you want, and that person might be even worse than well, Vladimir listen, Putin. You know, in my own personal life, I can tell you how many times I've said, like, my boss, for God's sake, get rid of him. It can't get worse. Oops. Oops. <laughs> and then it can. So that, that's, that, that is certainly true. I suspect, and I am absolutely no international foreign affairs expert. I, when I don't know something, I'll tell you I don't know it. I'm not a, this is not an area of expertise of mine. But I would think that this is another clear sign that Russia should not be in this Ukrainian war. They're not going to win the war. I would think that if, if it can find a way to do it without save, with, by saving face, it's time for Putin to say this war is over. Leave the you know work out some kind of a deal and leave Ukraine alone. Let's come back home. I got to consolidate my power. It's like Tom said, military uprising in Russia, and there are no military troops in Russia because they're they're all in the Ukraine. Yeah, I bet they ha hated when that cat uh, jumped out of the bag. And you know the other thing that uh, you know we, we learned more and more uh, as it went on, this just wasn't a march. They they shot aircrafts out of the the, the sky and killed those uh, pilots and whoever Absolutely. was on board. That's pretty serious stuff. But I'm thinking, good sense, come to them and said they're going to annihilate our whole army. And and they probably had some kind of nuclear bomb or something where they said we're going to stop you right in your tracks. Don't you think that was the case, Howard? Well, listen, that is always the concern you got to have. And and I you know I know I'm talking, you know, just from what I read. Putin's a crazy guy. Absolutely. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that he would not, if he was aggravated enough, he wouldn't uh, have a problem, you know, nuking even as some of his own people. I don't know if that's true, but you certainly have a lot of speculation about that. But I think, to your point, and I think you hit two really good points, this uprising has got to make Putin think long and hard about what could be coming next. Let's... Let's get this Ukrainian Ukrainian thing resolved. Right, let's find a way to do it. Save face. Get out of there. And bring our troops back home. Consolidate power. Um, and then it, it clearly is a sign to me that Putin is 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 weak. <laughs> Putin is weak. Um, so he needs to he needs to, to to show some strength. And I don't think he can do it while his forces are spread out in the Ukraine. But again, let's be clear. I I'm no expert. I don't know. I just, I just babble on the radio. We'll just keep an eye on it. Who knows? 19 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. Time for Ohio Valley headlines. Here's Taylor Long. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this June the 27th. Police have reported that the woman who was shot leading police to a standoff with the suspect is in stable condition. Officials say 82-year-old Carl Gist shot his neighbor, 67-year-old Cassandra Jeter, while she was mowing the lawn Saturday morning. They say Jeter was flown by medical helicopter to a Pittsburgh hospital after suffering a gunshot wound to her neck. Police say he exited the house holding a semi-automatic pistol and was ordered multiple times to drop the weapon before he pointed the handgun at officers and was shot. He was taken to Weirton Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. And West Virginia, which is ranked the worst in the nation for broadband service, availability and speed, is making major improvements. Reliable broadband is crucial in today's time. Senator Joe Manchin announced $1.2 billion in federal funding to improve the Mountain State's broadband and cell phone service. The money comes through the Bipartisan Infrastructure Laws Broadband Equity, Access, and Deployment Program. Close to 300,000 spots in the state have dead zones, and this money will work to get a handle on the issue.
West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey announced the creation of the WV First Foundation in March as a way to distribute settlement money to counties across the state. The state was divided into regions and now those regions will vote for board members in July as the latest step. Money awarded will then go to two recovery programs, research and education related to substance abuse and to support law enforcement in cracking down on drug trafficking. The attorney general says the money distributed to the counties can only go to address the opioid crisis. And county election boards all over the Buckeye State received incorrect information. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose reported left off a portion of the language when he sent the directives regarding the August special election for a constitutional amendment. Early voting starts July 11th. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday, everyone. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Save big money at Menards with 11% off everything for a fantastic 4th of July. Patriotic caps and t-shirts are on sale for just $3.99 each after rebate. Patriotic quad chairs with carrying bag, only $12.99 after rebate. Keep bugs away with big savings on insect repellents. An LED bug zapper bulb is just $2.97 after rebate. Good through July 4th. Savings are mail and rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Oh, no, I've said too much. I set it up. That's me in the corner. Eight forty-six, fourteen to the hour. Watchdog morning show. Sixty-four degrees right across the board. Sixty-four at the airport. Sixty-four at the Highlands. Sixty-four in Elm Grove. Sixty-four here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley for Stunt Day today. Uh, in Garen, uh, Garen's words, Adam's words, uh, gloomy and wet today. Cloudy, maybe a little bit of sunshine popping in and out, but not too much. Temperatures will be in the low seventies during the day. Today, Remember, the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline is open and available. Off the text line, 304-214-1600. Off the hotline, 304-232-8255. And, Howard, I'm a little uh, concerned about our young intern here. It looks like she lost a little steam. I don't know. Was it because Howard, his honest opinion, his honest evaluation? Because I want to explain something to you. Howard is honest, and Howard just wants to help your career, and Howard has a track record of helping young women get into the business. In fact, he even helped a young actress become an Academy Award winner. <laughs> and again, Howard, what was that advice that you gave that young, aspiring young actress? You mean Fran McDonald, the uh, multiple... Two-time uh, Academy two, two, Award winner, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, Tony You're an aspiring uh, yeah. recommendation to her, what, what something you'll like? You'll never make it in this business. That is a true story, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> she went to Bethany College, and she when she was at college, she was the Town Gate Theater, as so many of the local folks do, and I was down there all the time, and... And uh, I told her, this this young, snippy, young girl, I said, you'll never make it in this business. <laughs> okay, every once in a while. I, we ought know, to try to get her on the phone sometime, Howard. <laughs> I, don't, I have a feeling she's not going to take, uh, <laughs> take, take that phone call. 13 of the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, talking, so I give you my honest opinion. No, I, I, I like criticism. But I, 
again. Sometimes, eh, you know, it isn't. I, some, uh, he misses a little bit sometimes. Every <laughs> once in a while, every every once in a while, I do. I, I was re- I mentioned to to Tom earlier. Uh, nothing, no, no factual information. I just love the way this particular writer, I don't know who it is, wrote a piece that I was looking at yesterday. Uh, Putin is on his way out, but things could go from Vlad to worse. <laughs> you get that Vlad to worse? Uh, that's the guy who said the Russian invasion of Ru- the Russian invasion of Russia turned out to be vastly more successful than the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So, I just I thought it was a well written piece. There was a movie out a while ago. Howard uh, Steve Buscemi was in it, and he played Nikita Khrushchev, and I think it was pretty much factual. What happened after Stalin died? Did you ever did you watch that? It was on HBO. I did not. No. And they scurried around, and I can't, you know, with one of those Russian names, I mean, they they all went against him and pretty much drug him out in the courtyard and shot him and then burned his body. And yeah. then just like that, zip, zip, uh, Nikita Khrushchev was, was running the, the country. So I really mean it. Look at Look at their history. No one is really safe over there. One of the reasons Putin has always been a, a what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, a... A, a, a hands-on, you know, foot on the neck. I used that phrase several times yesterday. Foot on the neck kind of dictator is because of that. Because if you don't have complete and total strength and control in Russia, there could be somebody behind your shoulder. There's always somebody out there. You know, look, we've all seen the pictures of the uh, Politburo. You know, the leadership group on sitting on top of sitting there in red square. And yesterday, there's ten of them. And today. One guy is, is, is rubbed out, literally rubbed out of the picture. That is the way things go in, in Russia. And I think that's what the key about this is, a key about this is, is Putin losing power. And I think that's why I think he's, if he's at all smart, and he is a smart man, he may be hoo-hoo-hoo too, but I think he's a smart man. He's got to be saying, I can't, I, I'm losing this war, or at least I'm not winning this war. I thought I was going in there two weeks in, out, boom, 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 I got Ukraine. Didn't work that way. He knows this is bad for him. He knows he looks weak. He knows he is weak. Here's an insurrection. Okay, Pergozi says, I didn't really intend to overthrow the government, but I, he sure made a point, didn't he? And so I think Putin is, I think his power is dwindling. And the other thing that I think we know about Putin is he, he's a very, very rich man. Uh, some have him just below the Queen of England when she was alive because he, he's taken what he, what he wants. You would think that would be more incentive when the, when the dogs are nipping at your heels, Howard, to say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to be set up. This didn't work out nearly like I thought it was, but uh, hell, they might drag me out of here too, so maybe I ought to you know, walk away. Go back in our recent history, uh, the... Um so I say the Shah of Iran, I'm not talking about the Shah. Uh, Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein, if he had been smart, would have taken his money and gone up into the hills in some country that had no extradition with Iran or the United States and lived out his life with his family and his billions. Instead, we found him hiding in a hidey hole under the ground and he was killed. Um, but power corrupts absolutely, you know, and, and people like Putin. He's not going to give it up. It, smart, smart move. You and I, Bob, actually probably a long time ago, somehow we ended up in his position. We would have gotten the suitcases full of the billions. and I would have ran a long time ago. And how are you and I? I mean, we watch. And uh, just the look on his face the last couple of days, he, boy, he looks really, really angry. So He's I, very I angry. Know. I mean, you, you, watching his speech yesterday, um, it, it's, it's absolutely – very, very angry. He's just, he's just absolutely furious. Uh, text line, Pergozin is being paid by the CIA. Okay, all right. I, CIA controls everything and really runs the whole world, and uh, don't forget the Jewish bankers, too. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Lord help us. Eight before the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Tuesday edition of the show, the latest on what's going on with WVU basketball, Dave Bryant from Steeler Depot. Joins us at 4 o'clock. Tom Bragg in studio at 5. And an announcement about professional wrestling in Charleston. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out in our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station.
Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news from the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, The Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's, only on The Watchdog. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. Is brewed. Phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. In heaven, there is no fear. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, you know, um, I know people have a hard time believing this, but once upon a time, I hosted the Polka Show. Not on a regular basis, but I uh, would fill in from time to time. Not here at this station, but at the big station on the hill when I was up there. And uh, when the host was not available, I would be the Polka King. And um, every uh, that I played every every time I was hosting the show. That was one of the ones we played. Imagine that. You were probably actually drinking a beer right? yeah, at the, Sunday at the morning, time. absolutely. In heaven, <laughs> there is no and beer. you know what? There's something wrong with you. If, if a good polka like that doesn't do something for you, puts you in a good mood, and our young intern happens to be Polish, Howard, so I thought we would uh, pay tribute with uh, Frankie Yankovic. Frankie Yankovic. Yeah. I remember that name, too. Uh, five is four before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. If you're into history, you might drop by the Ohio County Public Library today to celebrate the spirit of independence. They're welcoming Abigail Adams to the library. Now, I'm hoping it's someone portraying Abigail Adams because otherwise it's either a ghost or a rotting corpse. Yeah, she's got about, what, 1800, Howard? So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm guessing it's someone portraying Abigail Adams. An active participant in our nation's birth, Abigail Adams, well-known for her advocacy of women's rights, education, her opposition to slavery, and most importantly, probably, she was a confidant to her husband, John Adams, the nation's second president. I Um, think they called her Abby, Howard. Many of her letters to uh, to John Adams uh, are are a critical part of the chronicle of the early part of of our uh, country. So uh, today, uh, Abigail Adams, uh, in presentation at the Ohio County Public Library, the Lunch with Books program. Uh, it is presented by the West Virginia Humanities Council, uh, the History Alive program. I haven't been to any of those, but I bet they would be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm into history. I, I would even uh, be interested to learn a little bit about Abigail Adams. Yeah, she was, uh, I, I know a tiny bit about her, not a lot, but a tiny bit about her, and it comes from the letters that she and, she and John wrote. And to be real honest with you, because, you know, everything I know about Police work is from Law and Order, right? Mm-hmm. Everything I know about John Adams is from the miniseries on HBO. That's what I was going to say. That's where I know about Abigail. From I watched it on HBO. But it, that was a good miniseries, though. It was really, really good. Fact, uh, Paul Giamatti uh, played absolutely. Uh, John and Adams. And he did a great job with it. And I've been thinking about re-watching that. I have not done that for a while, but I'm thinking about re-watching that. All right, coming up in the next hour of the show, uh, I, I want to talk a bit about Barbie. We talked about it briefly at the top of this hour, but... Um, this is supposedly going to be the summer of Barbie. New Barbie movie is coming out. And the whole big debate about whether or not Barbie creates an un- impossible image for women to li- for girls to live up to. Or does it just create an image for girls to live up to? We'll talk about that uh, coming up in the next hour of the show. Kamala Harris. An interesting survey that she's involved in and... Well, I'll tell you, I, I was surprised at the way this, this came out. I will, we'll talk about that. And I have, I have food talk. Why? Because I like food. I like food. 
the uh, Mr. Big Boy's announcer man earlier said the uh, Watchdog Morning Show, the team is ready to roll. I'd be brutally honest with you. I'm looking around here, and I'm speaking for myself. I think I don't know. If we're ready to roll. I think we're all ready to nap or ready to eat. I'm ready. I think we are all ready. It's just in time for a little, little, a little food, little snooze. I think so because man, everybody here is yawning and is tired. So tired. Yeah, I just I don't know what it was. I didn't go to bed late last night, but I just I woke up just unbelievably tired this morning. I don't know. You know how I started yawning when you started talking about napping earlier. Yeah. Well, when you started talking about food, my stomach started grumbling. Well, my stomach always grumbles when I... <laughs> All right, well, you two. we got another hour to go, so let's yeah, wake up. Gosh. All right. And you know what I really need? I, we can't beg for food anymore because we're going to have food in the studio, Garen. Uh, no ghoulish really hot dogs in this studio. We can't have food in the studio anymore with the all-new equipment stuff. But I sure could use a cup of decaf coffee. I don't normally have decaf. Man, I need something to keep me awake. Holy mackerel. We'll have a good hour coming up next, though. We will, we will, we will. I promise it. Nine o'clock right now, Watchdog Morning Show and ABC is covering the world. In heaven there is no fear. That's why we drink it here. FM ninety eight point one, AM sixteen hundred, WKKX Wheeling, FM ninety seven point seven, AM thirteen seventy, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Sherry Preston. Former President Donald Trump heard on tape discussing the handling of classified documents after he left the White House. ABC News Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas is in Washington. We're hearing former President Trump for the first time appearing to discuss having a classified document about attacking Iran and acknowledging how critically sensitive it is. It's like highly confidential yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. Yeah. So as president, I could have did less yeah. uh, Now I can. Audio obtained by ABC News involves a July 2021 conversation between Trump, members of his staff, and two researchers on a book that was being written by former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. The tape expected to be used as evidence in special counsel Jack Smith's case against the former president. As Vladimir Putin promises not to prosecute those involved, the head of the mercenary Wagner Group now insists what happened last weekend was not an attempt to overthrow the Russian government. The leader of the Wagner private military company saying it was a protest, not a coup, against attempts to dissolve his forces into the regular Russian army, slated to begin next week claiming he stopped the advance short of Moscow to avoid shedding Russian blood and that he didn't want to overthrow the Putin government. Putin speaking to military and law enforcement officers in Moscow this morning, thanking them for what he says was stopping a civil war. ABC's Ian Panel in Ukraine. The U.S. now approving another half billion dollars in military aid for Ukraine that includes Bradley fighting vehicles to be used in the war. In about an hour, we could get some big Supreme Court decisions, including one involving race-based college admissions and another involving President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. The conclusion of a new report from the Senate Homeland Security Committee, the FBI and Homeland Security Department received multiple tips that January 6th could turn violent but sent insufficient warnings to law enforcement. You're listening to ABC News. 